give her a hand. Thank you so much. Don't we love our pastor? We love him. He is a good man. He loves the Lord. He is human like the rest of us, but he is living what he teaches, and he is helping us to learn how to serve Jesus from the heart and from the book. Uh, I'm going to speak on a subject today entitled, We Do Not Agree. In keeping with the spirit of the hour, we don't agree. Okay, and before you go, hmm, <laughs> let me show you where I'm taking my text. Revelations, the 10th chapter, if you have your Bible or if you have your device, you might want to go there with me. I think it makes it more relevant and more personal when you are looking at it, whether it's on your phone or on your iPad or your Kindle or whatever you have because it needs to get in our hearts. And of course, we're praying for the Heisler family. So good to see Sister Valerie here this morning. We love her. We love the family. We know the Lord is able to heal. Revelation, the 10th chapter, the third verse, and then I'm going to do 9 through 11. I have a lot of scriptures, but I didn't put them on a PowerPoint. And so you'll have to listen, and maybe you'll jot down something that speaks to you that you might need in your walk with Jesus. There appeared another wonder in heaven, and I'll behold a great red dragon. Everybody say, a great red dragon. Having seven heads, ten horns, and seven crowns on his heads. Verse 9. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan. We're still in Revelation, the 10th chapter, verse 9. And I'm going to do 9, 10, and 11. The serpent, devil, Satan, red dragon. Uh, Revelation 10, is that the 10th chapter? That's not it. 12. Try 12. I wrote down. Maybe it's 12. Pastor, find is it? It's 12, Sister Tracy. I wrote down the wrong chapter. Revelation 12. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent. This is what the Bible describes him as from the beginning. Called the devil and Satan... And what does he do? Whom does he deceive? Everybody. Wow. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him, verse 10. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now he's been cast out. This is what's coming. It's come. Salvation strength, the kingdom of God, and the power of his Christ. He said, I've sent him to the earth, but let me tell you what I'm sending to the earth now that he's come down to it. For the accuser, do you know that the word devil translates to accuser? Of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before God. How often? Well, how would you like to hear that in your ear? About somebody else. No relief. Day and night. Verse 11. And they overcame him. 
And we're not there yet, but John saw the end of it. They overcame him by three things. Everybody say the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony. They loved not their lives unto the death. Say that with me. They loved not their lives unto the death. Say with me, we don't agree. Agreement is a, is a, is a, is a powerful thing. And what we're seeing right now in the news is people who are trying to come to some reconciliation for what they've been seeing. And they're trying to make their beliefs agree or what they see agree with their beliefs. And this conflict in the Middle East has just divided people just right down the line. All kinds of things are being said and people are getting angry. And I want you to notice there are some things that we can observe by this 12th chapter in the book of Revelation. And I want, to, I want you to hear me say them. The old serpent of Genesis has become a red dragon. He is a deceiver. He is an outcast. He is an accuser. And he is enraged. The Bible said that we were subject to the prince and power of the air. Well, guess what power is in the airwaves right now? Rage. Rage. I don't think the devil cares how he gets us to tap into it. Because if we tap into it, we're going to do something that is horrific without knowing. We're going to agree with him. And the Bible talks about the power of agreement. It says that it, if any two of you, and I'm going to talk about who that you is. If any two of you agree touching anything in my name, I'll do it. Well, before we can come together in agreement, we have to agree on some things. And these are the things I want to talk to you about. So the first thing, and, and the Bible says, Sister Tracy put that up there. Ephesians 4, 26 through 27 says this. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath, which means you have one day to be angry. One day. Then we got to get over it. Because it says it, you can infer. And then the next scripture says, neither give place to the devil. Don't give him room. Well, how would you do that? Well, we're going to talk about it. How would you give room through anger to the devil? Let's lift our hands. Lord, let your word fall on us and in us and prepare us for your return. The world is being baptized in blood and rage. And we need a baptism just like Max this morning in the blood of the lamb. We need a baptism of the blood of the lamb. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. There are three targets of his accusation. This is what we have to hear. Three things he will attack and accuse. Are you ready? Number one, he's going to accuse me and he's going to accuse you. It's going to get real personal before this is over. The voice of the devil, the accuser, is going to get in my ear and the first person he's going to hit is me, especially if I'm trying to live for the Lord. He is going to bring up everything I've ever done. Here's the key. If it's not repented of, if it's not addressed, faults, failures, 
unreported, unrepented sin, any disobedience against the Holy Ghost in my heart, he is going to attack me of and start accusing me. He's going to drag me down to the ground till I feel so depressed. You know what a lot of people do when they start feeling this? They assume they are feeling it because of the church they're attending. And then they've already given vent because they agree with him. But this is how they do it. Most people will not own their sins. If you own it, he can't accuse you of it. If you go, I'm guilty, then the only place for you to go is the blood. And so you say, well, I hated my daddy. He's dead. I can't apologize to him. You know what? Your daddy, if, if you and your daddy didn't have a good relationship, listen to me. I'm just going to be truthful. I may drop dead after this, and you can say, that was the most amazing thing she said. I hope we never have to hear it again. So hear it now. I can't go back in time to all the high school kids that hurt and crushed me, but I can certainly bring the offense from what they did to me. I can't undo the sins I did, but I can sure drag the guilt around for years. And it becomes a way of life. And the problem is it's an entry point for the accuser because I agreed with him. I'm not worthy. I did fail. I'm stupid. I'm dumb. I'm an idiot. And then it's not going to be too long before it affects the way I think, the way I feel, the way I act. And I want to tell you something. There are some sins I don't want to know about. Listen to me. I'm not poly perfect. I have no business dipping and dapping in other people's sins. I, have, I just assume everybody in the room is a sinner. How do you like that? Maybe that offends you. My assumption is you also need a daily bath. Forgive me. I don't believe that people can go one day without, not st without stinking. I think everyone needs a daily bath. I also think that everybody needs their mind and their heart and their hands washed in the presence of God. I think we see things and we feel things and we hear things that leave marks on us and we need washing. I have no problem admitting that I need the blood of Jesus. The only way to stop the voice is not to have a conversation with it. If you start conversing with him, you're going to agree with him. He's good at what he does. He sows one little seed of truth. You see what your dad did? Do you see his sin? You're under a generational curse. Oh, my God, how am I going to change a generational curse? What? You were raised in abuse. You will be an abuser. Oh, my God. And before long, and I can't go to that church anymore. They're judgmental. I, it's not the church. Most people are just struggling to do their stinking best, and they don't have time to consider anybody else. But if you can get to the blood and you can say, Jesus, there's a voice in my ear that is dragging me through the dirt again. I am so weary. 
of my sin, my faults, my daddy, my mama. It just comes out. There are days when my own iniquities are so heavy, I can't speak a word. I just know that my righteousness is like filthy rags, and I just can't stand my own self. And I get in the presence of the Lord, and I just get to the cross where that man hung there gasping and said, it is finished because I have a promise. I went down in the name of Jesus, and Max is going to go down. And when Max comes up, the slate is clean. It's the blood. Now, that's for me. That's for my nasty. But the devil doesn't stop there. You say, oh, Sister Shostran, so I, I agree with the blood. I don't agree with him. What do you mean? I don't agree that there are sins that are unpardonable that people can't get over. I don't agree that because your parents were abusers, you will be too. I do not agree that if you were raised with an alcoholic family, you're an addict. I do not agree that if your children mess up, they can't fess up. I don't agree that people that get the Holy Ghost don't sin. What I do agree with is the blood. And 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins. I agree with that. So you can't come to me and tell me about your children and how bad they are. Hush your mouth. I am not going to agree with you. If there is life, there is blood. If there is blood, there is forgiveness. And the Lord hadn't come yet. Let's just lift our hands. Hallelujah. Romans 3 and 23 says, Romans 3, 23. Romans 3 and 23. All. How many? How many? I agree with that. <laughs> I agree with that. Let me tell you what. I agree if we confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us. Psalms 107. Don't put it up. It's huge. But you know what it is? It's a description of people that get in trouble because of their own actions. Oh, wow. But the first verse of 107 says, Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. For his mercy endures. Wow. Why would you need mercy in forever? Why in the world would he tell me that his mercy endures forever? Eternity is long. Mercy's for people that mess up. I have no idea, but you know what? It gives me hope. I don't have to see people speak in tongues, pray through, get baptized in my presence. If it's possible to save them, I know who will. Because his mercy endures. I agree with that. Do you agree with that? Or do you agree with you do that one more time, I'm going to cut you off. Who does that sound like? Now, I wish he would only attack me, but I'm going to be honest. He attacks you in my ear. This is a little different. He accuses me, and I go crying to Jesus. But when he accuses you, He's very sharp. 
He takes things that you do that I don't understand, and he builds a case against you based on your own behavior. And then I draw a conclusion. You are, you are, and here's what's awful. When I do that, especially if it's members of my family or members of my church, I can't agree with you because I have already agreed with someone else about you. Now, this is tough. Because what if the case he's built is based on things that I know, that I've seen? How do I observe your struggle without agreeing with your accuser? Because I'm going to tell you, when he starts accusing, I can give place real easy. All I have to do is repeat one thing he's told me about you, and I will completely nuke our relationship forever. There are some things you can say that you can't come back from. Boy, it's getting so quiet. I... So what am I supposed to do? Well, the Bible says a foolish woman tears down her own house and a wise one builds it up. I just look at what Jesus did when he was hanging on the cross. There were three kinds of people hanging there. Two of them deserved it and one of them didn't. So what was the difference between the other two that were hanging? One of them gave place to the devil and started accusing. While he was dying, he was breathing out, if you're who you say you are. Now I'm dying, and I don't know it. You're going to die before me. You're going to die righteous and in agony. I'm going to linger with all that hatred in my heart until I am dead as a doornail. But the guy hanging with me, I heard him say, remember me. And you said, you're going to be with me this day in paradise. If you're the son of God, one more thrust at Jesus being accused. Why don't you come down off that cross? The devil didn't care that that poor thief was going to die and go to hell and suffer. He used him like a tool because he agreed with him. And you know how he gave place to him? He opened his mouth and started spouting the accusations that he heard. Shut my mouth. So what do you do when you're kids? What do you do when you're family? What do you do and that you're so angry that you... I plead the blood. Jesus, I see some things that are crushing me to the ground.
but I do not want to agree with my adversary. He's telling me there's no hope. He's telling me that our family's going to burn. He's telling me that it's over. He's telling me I can't take the pressure. He's telling me all this. I'm going to you, Lord, and I'm coming to you right now. I'm pleading the blood. Forgive me for even allowing those thoughts to come into my mind. Love thinketh no Love thinketh no. So what about when you see people acting out? You know they're acting out. You do what Jesus did. Forgive them for they know not what they. That's the difference in being Jesus and being the accuser. I get to make a choice how I'm going to treat people that are messing up. Well, if you'd only, well, if you'd have, well, if you'd have, well, if they'd have, well, if I'd have, if we'd have, if their parents would have, if they're, who am I giving place to? Who say, what am I supposed to do? Pray. They overcame that serpent, dragon, lying, deceiving, accusing voice by going straight to Calvary and saying, there goes me without the grace of God. Lord, I'm asking you to turn them around. I'm going to pray it every day of my life. They're mean as a spider to me, but you've been so good and I will not accuse them. I will not. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What about the angels? Surely the angels let rip. Surely the angels, you are nothing but a. When they were fighting over the body of Moses, the Bible said, Michael durst not say a word. Because he would have agreed with his adversary. Because that's what the devil does. You, you're never going to, you're such a, we don't agree. Do I like what's going on? Do I see some things? Yes, but you know what I'm doing? I'm taking that to the blood. Especially if that's my kid, if that's my grandkid, if that's my son, if that's my daughter. I am not going to agree with the adversary that's trying to kill my own family. I'm going to stand up and plead the blood. I'm going to plead the blood. I'm going to plead the blood. And I'm going to do something more than that. I'm going to thank God for the blood. I'm going to thank him for forgiveness. I'm going to thank him for mercy. I am not going to agree with him. We don't agree. I'm not going to stand back from you when you mess up. I'm going to pray. I'm going to take you to the Lord. I'm going to call your name. And every day there's breath in me. I'm going to keep asking him to take that rock out of your heart. To take that offense out of your heart. To give you deliverance over what it is you're struggling over. So that you can agree with me. And God can answer our prayer. We must agree with the blood. Or we will agree with the accuser. Repeat after me. We must agree with the blood. Yes. 
I don't care how you mad, how mad you get at you or your family. You cannot cut them off from mercy and forgiveness. Oh my God. I don't care how mad you get at each other on the way to church. You cannot build a wall. This is not Hamas, but Hamas is coming to our houses. Do you really want to see your family be decapitated? Do you really want to stand before God? You know why he was so enraged in the Old Testament? Because he said, you saw what was going on and nobody stood up and came to me and said, help. So he said, I got up myself. Oh my God. I feel like right now, just put your hand on your heart. Lord, I am coming before you for this congregation. These are my people. I love them. We have sinned. We have been silent and we should have been on our faces praying for people. We should have come to you sooner. We should have poured our souls out. I'm asking you to cover us. The blood still works. Everyone said in Jesus' name. If you come to me and tell me something about your kids, I'm going to say, let's pray. I'm not going to agree with you. It's over. I know you feel like it's over. And then you know who I'm going to pray for? I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you that you don't say something. I'm going to pray for you that you don't lose hope. I'm going to pray for you that you don't give up. I'm going to pray that it doesn't affect your worship, that you walk in here so big and bad, you just go, I've been talking to Jesus, and he told me everything's going to be all right. I'm going to praise him like I just don't care because I don't agree with that voice of accusation. Well, pastor, shall I just stop? If we had dinner coming, I could say, I'm all that stands between you and your lunch. <sighs> you're going to have to, you're going to have to love somebody that's not in your family. You're going to have to accept somebody as the body of Christ who you didn't raise. We're going to have to become a family in this church. You can't do it when you're always accusing there's got to be forgiveness and mercy. And you can't give what you don't have. If we are not a penitent church, we will not be a forgiving church. If we are not on the altars asking for forgiveness, we won't give it to anybody else. If we're not asking the Lord to have mercy on us, we will not give it to our kids. We will get hard as a brick bat. I don't agree with that. I agree with the blood. I'm going to get over his lying. See, he may draw my eyes to something I see, but the conclusion is what he wants to do. He wants to stop me from praying for you. He wants me to change because of you. Not you, you. All those other yous out there. Not these E W. E, use. The other use. So he steals us blind of joy and peace and hope by trotting in front of us everything everybody's ever done. We'd, we could get over it by asking for the blood. And then it would flow through us like a river. Instead of our kids hiding from us what they're doing, they'd know they could come home because they'd find a place of mercy. That's all I'm going to say. John 13, 34 through 35 said, A new commandment I give unto you, 
that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know you're my disciples. Because you really do love each other. You don't write one another off. You don't avoid one another. You don't walk past somebody who's failed. You're on your knees. You wrap their, your arms around them. You try to encourage and strengthen them. And sometimes I've brought people that I've been speaking to. The Lord's quickened me to a dry foot washing. Because before Jesus hung on the cross, he said, Every one of y'all are going to be offended at me. Meaning you're going to which is my second one. After the devil has been finished accusing you to your face and he's accused everybody else to your face, then he's going to get a hold of God. And he's going to start showing you all the things God has not done and how many prayers he hadn't answered. And he's going to do it while you're suffering. And Jesus knew it was coming and these guys didn't have the Holy Ghost. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I can't remember, Pastor, maybe you cannot. I know Judas ate the bread, but I don't think Judas was there for the foot washing. I think Judas had already gone because Jesus said, go on. And then he took a towel. He said, every one of y'all are going to get offended at me and you're going to leave me. And Peter started, I'm not me, I'm, I'm big, bad Simon Peter. And Jesus said, yeah, you too. And then he took off his outer robe and got down on his knees. He said, this you can't do for yourself. You have to do this for each other. People who are under fire are very susceptible to believing God doesn't love them anymore that this truth is not worth anything. People who are suffering do turn around and attack Jesus. They get mad. They get offended. And he said, I'm telling you that you're going to do it. And before you do it, I want to wash your feet. And then I want you to remember what I did. And then I want you to go do it for each other. You can't wash your own feet like that. You can't. That wasn't the point. It was an act of love. Your feet are dirty. You've been on them all day. They hurt. You're weary. Sit down and put your feet in the water. We don't do it anymore, but the first time it was ever done to me, I was four years old, and Sister Rosas took my foot during a watch night service with her little warm brown hand. She was so tiny. I was even tinier. And at that midnight service where we prayed and did foot washing and had communion until the new year, I stuck my foot in a warm pan of water. And the instant her hand touched my foot, I started crying. Because I think there was a connection. The instant that little woman on her knees, the instant her hand on my little foot, I didn't even have the Holy Ghost, but something happened. And when Jesus said, I want you to do this when you remember me, I want you to go low because you're going to get offended. You're going to get offended and you're going to be offended at me. I'm going to let you down real bad in your mind and you're going to struggle with it. And he said, I, I, I'm going to have to get down here. Peter said, don't you dare touch my foot. That's ridiculous. And Jesus said, Peter, if you don't let me touch where you walk, you can't be part, you can't agree with 
I believe in dry foot washing. And I don't believe in it just one time a year at watch night. I believe it is an act of love. And that the person at your foot becomes like Jesus Christ. If you close your eyes, the cleansing that flowed from his hand to them flows through these hands to us. He said, you overcome that horrible, hateful voice against you and everybody else around you that produces mistrust and offense through the blood of the Lamb. Repent of your sins and forgive everybody else for theirs. I can't make it any clearer than that. And then the second thing he said, when they come for me in the court of law and he's coming after me, I'm going to be the next one. He's going to parade me in front of you and show you your body and your aches and pains. He's going to show me, show you how many times I didn't heal you and your bank account didn't explode and you gave sacrificially and you're still not driving that car you wanted. And, and he's going to show you everything I've never, I've, I've never done for you that you thought you could expect and the miracles that you're still waiting for and what are you going to say when he starts dragging me through the mud Job I'm going to let him take your kids I'm going to let him take your camels I'm going to let him take your stuff and then I'm going to let him touch you are you going to agree with him Sister Tracy put the scripture up. All I did was put down stuff the Holy Ghost spoke to me. It was Job. The scripture, the Job one. I think it's Job one. Oh my. In all this, Job sinned not. He didn't turn around and say, God, you have never treated me like this before. I gave offerings and sacrifices and, and I just he just said, Lord, I feel so broken. Lord, I'm so crushed. I'm so empty. And he turned his suffering into a prayer meeting. Forty chapters or something of talking to God. And do you know how God felt about what Job said? At the end when his friends would come and say, they didn't know whose voice they were speaking with. They'd say, well, Job, you must have sinned. Who does that sound like? But I didn't. I didn't do anything. Oh, yes, you did. I'm innocent. I didn't do it. I hurt. My body aches. These sores, the worms, they're gross. I stink. No one will come near me. I feel so lonely. He was talking to God while they were sitting there filling his ears. And, and one time he came to himself, can't you be kind to me? I am suffering. Can't you just say something kind to me? Well, Job, let me tell you this. If you just had enough faith, if you just fasted more, son, I did everything I could. At the end, when God got up and said, Job, look here, 
Have you made a snowflake? He didn't say, you miserable hunk of flesh that's rotten and stinking like worms. He said, watch me. Go with me. And he took him on a little tour. Look what I can do, Job. What? What are you doing? You have a grain like a mustard seed. I'm going to embellish it. Listen to me. Don't listen to them. Listen to me. Don't listen to them. Agree with me. Don't agree with them. Agree with me, Job. Agree with me. Look at the snowflake. Look at the stars, Job. See those stars? I did that. And in his way, God corrected Job and never laid a finger on him, never said an unkind word, never crushed him, never hurt him, never made him bleed. Just said, walk with me, son, and let me show you what I can do. Let me tell you when the enemy comes in like a flood and starts picking at your life and you feel like you're about to die at the attacks, you need to raise your eyes up. Up and take a look at the heavens there has never been a day when I've been going through a trial where the Lord didn't let me see a flower blooming or a tree silhouetted against the dark winter or the stars in the sky or little birds singing and remind me I am that I am I am Alpha and Omega I am beginning and the end I am the first and the last I am omniscient I saw you Three years old, standing on a rock before anything ever crushed your tiny heart. I saw you, Janice. I saw everything people were going to say and do then and in your future. I am more than enough. So I speak to that voice and go, He is the Alpha. He is the Omega. The Word of God my testimony. That's why I dance and shout and scream and pray my guts out because I'm making memorials so that I will be able to testify about him when he is put on trial in my life. I'm being tried. No, actually, he's on trial because he hasn't answered some prayers for me yet. I'm waiting and while I say I'm waiting and that nasty little voice comes in my ear or I hear this they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength what are you doing I'm testifying you're just sitting there. No, I'm waiting on the Lord. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not. What is your testimony? Well, I give and give and give and never get anything in return. Who are you in agreement with? We don't agree. I don't agree. I'm not agreeing. At the end, after Job and God took that little journey, do you know what Job did? He didn't talk anymore about how bad he hurt. He fell down and said, I repent, and I put my hand over my mouth. I've heard about you, but now I see you. You can do anything. Nothing is impossible with you. You're amazing. And he started saying, I I've never seen anything like you in all my life. You can do anything. You can all things are possible. Just because I can't see it doesn't mean you didn't do it. Well, even though I can't see it, you're working. Even though I can't feel it, you're working. That's my testimony. 
If we're going to agree, we're going to have to agree on the blood. We're going to have to give people permission to mess up, fess up, and get up. I'm going to have to give myself permission when I pull another outstanding fiasco that I'm just like everyone else I preach about. I too have a place at Calvary. And then I'm also going to, we're going to have to agree on something else. You have to tell what the Lord has done for you. It's not sitting there like a pretty thing that you put in dust every now and then. It's going to save you when the devil starts accusing the God that gave his life for you. You're going to have to be able to say something from your own life. I'm not talking to the devil. I'm talking about Jesus. For us to agree, I got to know, do you agree with the blood? Do you have a testimony? What has he done for you? When the devil starts accusing, what can you say about him? I agree with the word in the book of Luke. Don't go there. When the storm arose and the disciples were fighting and Jesus was asleep on the ship and they came to him and said, we're going to perish. Wrong. They were already offended and they already jumped to the wrong conclusion. And then they did not speak with faith. They spoke with fear. And Jesus got up and said, stop it. And then he turned around and said, where is your faith? I thought we had an agreement. You follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. You follow me and not a hair on your head. Well, I thought we had an agreement that if you would seek first my kingdom and the righteousness, everything you need would be added to you. Do we still agree on that? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. At the end, God said, Job... In front of his friends, you spoke the truth about me. They did not. You told me how you were really feeling. That's right, all that happened to you. You never accused me. But it did happen. He said, now I want you to get up and I want you to go pray for them because they have really displeased me. The comforters were not comforting. And Job did exactly what God said and he restored Job and his friends. Who are you agreeing with? <laughs> oh, God. Say, I don't know how to agree, Sister Shostrin. I'm under such attack right now. Well, this is why the Lord gave us the gift of the Holy Ghost. I want you to go with me to Romans 8, 26. When you, if you're going to open your mouth and say something you shouldn't, then now is the time. This is when the, the Spirit helps our infirmities. My faith is low. My trust is low. I am offended at God. I don't know what to pray for, but then the Holy Ghost says it makes, what does it do for me when I can't do for myself? Intercession. Oh, oh pull up Jude 1, 20 and 21. He said in the book of Jude right before there's all kinds of things going to happen in church, out of church. But you, beloved, building yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the next verse. Keep loving. Keep forgiving. 
keep testifying about how good I am. The third thing the devil accuses, this is a biggie, the cross. He hates the cross, and he does not want you to obey this. Matthew 16, 24. If any man comes after me, let him deny himself and do what? Take up his cross daily and follow me. I don't like the cross either. I'd like to make mine into toothpicks and give them out as little party favors. But that weight on my shoulder, that thing the Lord won't deliver me from, that whatever, he said, I want you to take that up as you are able, and I want you to come after me. I'm not going to remove it because it's going to be the vehicle of your transformation. I don't want you to worship it. We don't worship the cross, but we know that the cross brought so much to us. His willingness to lay down his life to the death. Jesus said, if you seek to save your life, you're going to lose it. But if you lose it for Jesus, if you give up your will and you go, God, whatever you need me to do, I'm going to agree with the cross. 1 Peter 4 and 19. God, but I want you to heal me. God, but I want to get over this. Now, I'm going to fast. I'm going to fast five days and I want a miracle. Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. What he's saying is, I want you to push past what you feel. And if you're hanging on the cross, I want you to show mercy to the person on your left and mercy to the person on your right. If you're hanging on the cross, I want you to remember your mama. If you're hanging on the cross, I want your last prayer to be forgive them for they know not what they do. Because in three days after you get dead to yourself dead men don't murmur dead men don't complain dead men don't gripe dead men just lay there dead until a holy ghost hits them and they get up again and they go on until the next crucifixion Paul said I die every day so Christ can rise Philippians 3.10 that I may know him Ooh, I like them shouting services. But I also know I'm going to have a communion service where I'm going to have to drink something bitter and take it because of him. That I may know him in the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable. He said, casting down strongholds and high things, every high thing that exalts itself unto the no, uh, against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. How far did Jesus obey? Until he, he died obeying. He said, that's how far I want you to go with me. I shall tell you. <laughs> Galatians 6 and 9. Now, if I'm going to fulfill 1 Peter 4 and 19, I'm going to keep doing well. Then I'm going to have to have Galatians 6 and 9. Can you see how important you are? Because when I am just exhausted at, la at my end with my cross and my burdens and my responsibilities, can you see how wonderful it is when someone in the house of God feels compassion and that arm around a shoulder is the equivalent of a hand on a foot uh, and that prayer in the front is just like Jesus saying, I prayed for you that your faith fail you not. Uh, exhort one another daily. Encourage each other. You're not 
I'm my enemy, you're going to heaven with me. Do you agree? He murmurs, you don't need to sacrifice that. You don't need to give that much. They're asking too much of you. This is too much. This is ridiculous. This is... And there he starts. The Bible said people died in the wilderness of the destroyer because of the murmuring and the complaining. Let us not be weary in well-doing. Give it up. You're just too old. You're too tired. In due season, in due season, we're going to reap. My God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory. If we agree on the blood, say I agree. The word, say I agree. And the cross, say I agree. Then you know what we can do in this church? Matthew 18, 19 says, Again I say unto you, If two of you shall agree. we got to get those other things in agreement because that's agreeing with the book. I agree about the blood. I agree about my testimony. i got to tell, I've got to dig down in there. Lord, you're not going to leave me. I want to tell you something. There are people in our congregation right now that are here because they have refused to walk out on God even though they have not seen him answer their prayer. He said, those are the people. They refuse to give up. He said, they're going to get with someone else because they agree on the blood and the word and the cross. They just won't give up. And he said, those people are going to get together. And he said, they're going to agree touching anything. They're going to ask me, give me strength. Touch my family. Send deliverance. Send healing. Send victory. I came across a prayer request list that some folks gave me. And I started reading down the list. Everything's not done. But I took a gasp. I saved it because you know what? The Lord has begun doing the things they asked for. I bet they forgot. But I kept that piece of paper and I'm going, my God in heaven. Woo, Lord, whenever you give me permission, I'm going to take it to him. And I'm going to say, did you see number five and number six? Can you see that God is working? Yes, I know we prayed that prayer 15 years ago. But guess what? 15 years later, we're still here. And God is moving. Hallelujah. What are you doing? I'm agreeing on the blood and the word and the cross and then I'm going to agree with you that God's going to move your family that God's going to intervene because this church is not asking for wealth and riches you're not asking for fame and fortune I know what you're asking for you want the Lord to save and deliver your families you want to see them baptized in the name of Jesus I'm telling you the Lord gave us the keys let's stand to our feet I want you to lift your hands right now Lord we come into this house God we're coming to you in the blood and the word of our testimony we are coming to you through the power of the cross everybody here has suffered everybody here has been through trial and tribulation if you're comfortable I want you to lay your hand on somebody standing next to you maybe your husband or your wife hallelujah you're here this morning by divine appointment God has said, I'm not going to let you go.
because I know you believe in me. You're going through a tough time. You're going through a hard time. But we're going to overcome it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to just pray for one another. If you want to just come to the front.